0: I'm Riker, and this is Pilot. In every generation, there is a chosen one. She alone will stand against the vampires, the demons, and the forces of darkness. She is the Slayer. Well, that's about everything you need to know (laughs) about the intro about the uh, pilot to Buffy, the vampire slayer?
1: <laughs> in case there was confusion, the other Buffy.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're thinking of the other Buffy. Um, yeah, they give you that right in the first, I don't know, however long that took me to do, seconds of the pilot. And um, then you're off and running. So uh, that's everything we need to know. And we'll begin now. You and I, when we met, you were binging this is pre-netflix mind you
1: no it was during netflix it was one of the first tv shows that was fully streaming on netflix that i was excited about because that's where i I accessed it i saw an ad on facebook i believe that said that buffy was now streaming on netflix and i was like i always wanted to watch that my mom for whatever reason was just like nope not that one you can't watch that that seems too (laughs) scary and so i never watched it i was like hmm like better late than never right you didn't. And I got obsessed.
0: You didn't do it on DVDs?
1: Um, So I did Angel on DVDs because, oh. as I was telling you before we started recording, there were crossover episodes because Angel was a spinoff that happened around season three of Buffy, or end of season three, I think. Um, and there were seven total seasons. So they had some crossover. Um, and there was one where I'm like, uh, I think I missed an episode of Buffy because this doesn't make any sense. And I had to wait. For Netflix to send me the DVD for Angel so that I could catch that one episode. Because <laughs> oh. Angel wasn't streaming on it yet.
0: Okay. So maybe there were DVDs around.
1: Mm-hmm. They were both. They happened at the same time before Netflix really had like a good library.
0: Got it. Streaming. Okay. Well, that would make sense because Netflix in its, uh, in its we just send them to your door and hang on to them for as long as you want to era. And I love that. In its you know, infant years. Uh, Was a program that just never really made that much sense to me. What? Well, because I always enjoyed going to the video store and you know, perusing around uh, for movies you wanted to watch and looking at you know like some of the lower rungs of of the shelves and looking at some of the weird dumb things. And I just always liked the process of it. It was always kind of fun family time. So the mm-hmm. idea that you just put an order and it just and then you just like look at it. Like, if it showed up and sat on the coffee table for a month, like there was no pressure to watch it. So I was like, the, it's Saturday or it's Sunday. Let's go rent some movies and just do a movie day. Yeah. So the Netflix model never uh, appealed to me. Uh, and by the time it was streaming, I was still saying, well, that doesn't make any sense. I'm not going to watch a show on my computer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, because we didn't have smart TVs yet.
0: Right, because I didn't know the whole plan.
1: <laughs> yeah, we weren't in on that. <laughs> and
0: I didn't know that all my technology was spying on me yet. It was going to know exactly what I liked. So, yeah, I mean, I underestimated it, but who could have known? <laughs> who
1: could have known? Indeed. Yeah, no, I really, I kind of miss it because I'm big on lists, and so I'd have, like, a list of things I wanted to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I finally was able to watch Dharma and Greg. Oh, a
0: Q. You were a you cue. I big had the
1: cue, yeah. A Q. I was a big fan. A quay. i'm surprised
0: that lasted as long as it did before they turned it into my list
1: (laughs) yeah right um and supposedly as of a couple of years ago you could still get the dvds i don't know if you can still now that seems like that would be pretty far-fetched but yeah what would the point be (laughs) i mean things that aren't normally streaming on it so i'm kind of thinking like things on amazon where it's not streaming on amazon but you can buy it through amazon That's kind of what I'm thinking, where it's like they have everything.
0: Right. Yeah. A digital DVD library. Yeah. That's basically streaming that you just have to pay extra for.
1: (laughs) It's true. It's true. But it really helped me with my early TV binging days. Like, (laughs) And I got to rip it to my computer because there was a DVD. (laughs) I
0: think that when we met and you were going through your Buffy phase, Mm -hmm. I feel we could say, uh, I was under the impression at the time that Buffy had been with you for a long time. No. Uh, and not that this is something I had just discovered. I would thought that that was like a childhood favorite that was just always your favorite that you were always watching again.
1: No, I came to it rather late. Um... Which always surprises you because Firefly was my first Whedon show. And he always That's assumed right. it was Buffy. And I'm like, no. I watched Serenity because a girlfriend of mine was, like, really excited about the movie coming out. And then I was so riveted by it I needed to know. I needed more because I'm not a movie person. I'm a TV person because I want more of that. Mm. Um yeah, and then I found that in the whole Whedon verse. So anything that had Whedon's name on it after that, I was like, "Alien hmm, Resurrection." Let me look. <laughs> Except for movies, <laughs> 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 including Alien movies, which maybe I'll get to. I don't know. At this point, they're pretty dated.
0: Uh, they're not. They're just old. Um,
1: okay, they're a little bit campy. The way this is a little bit camp, like early Buffy, is kind of campy. No, I don't think so. No. No.
0: All right. The first two are the classic ones. All the other ones after that are optional.
1: I mean, the first, the original season or series of Battlestar Galactica was classic, but is also very, very, very campy.
0: But that one's campy because that one's dated and Aliens not.
1: (laughs) Okay. I'll give it a chance. Think about this.
0: Think about this. (laughs) Actually, I'm going to win the argument right now. (laughs) Okay. Just trust me. Uh, You know how you liked uh, Raised by Wolves? Yes. Okay. And you know how we discussed at length during our podcast on Raised by Wolves. The pilot, which you can find at (laughs) pilots.thepodcast.com. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Along with all of our podcasts, um, we discussed at length Ridley Scott Mm -hmm. uh, directing the first episode. Um, And it was a lot of things in there that were reminiscent of Alien. And you yeah. like that very much. There's something True. in the DNA of that that you like very much, <laughs> so you should go check it out. Eventually, you know, once you get caught up and on your queue, um, let's talk about Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> Is that uh, what we came here for? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, what's uh, what's. In the is there anything going on in the future for Buffy? You said there's the rumor mill's been churning like it's always been churning about some kind of. Yeah, sometime.
1: they've been talking about a Buffy reboot for years. Um, I don't know. So Sarah Michelle Gellar has said multiple times she has no interest in going back into that. In fact, I think she's kind of done with acting as a thing. Um, you know, I follow her on social media, so <laughs> she seems to be very much more of a a food person. Like she does home like chef. cooking, yeah, home chef stuff. So. Uh, Seems to be really leaving behind the whole acting thing. You know, she appreciates being known for Buffy, unlike some people in the Buffyverse who are not very... (laughs) Yeah, Angel, dick face.
0: We'll get to that story (laughs) as we go along. Fuck that guy. I've been meaning to tell him that for years (laughs) since I met him that one time and we had that uncomfortable stare down. Fuck that guy, you're a dick. Sorry, go ahead.
1: That's great. So she doesn't seem to resent the role, much as we've already called out the name Angel does. (laughs) David Boreanaz. Yeah, but don't
0: call him that. Don't call him that. Big scene if you call him that. If anybody else remembers how he got famous, yeah, how dare you. Sorry, go ahead.
1: (laughs) No, that's totally fine. Yeah. um. (laughs) So there's talk about a Buffy reboot, but at this point, considering everything that's happened, I don't think Whedon will be involved. Like, I'd be shocked if Whedon were involved. So I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with that. I know it continued in comic book form and it got pretty big without that, you know, oh, the really? constraints of the TV budget. <laughs> so I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how they follow that up or what they decide to do with it if they do pursue that at all. But so
0: here's some industry lingo that you may or may not be familiar with. Probably not. Uh, development hell. So oh. it sounds like it's just stuck in development hell where it's been for a long time and maybe we see something someday because there's some appetite for it. Um, But there's nothing on the horizon that we know of. Yeah. Okay. Um, Is the Whedonverse a a somewhat tangible universe or it's just his body of work?
1: Just his body of work. It's Mm -hmm. not like the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe where things exist in multiple places and they nod to each other.
0: Uh, I would say we should probably keep an eye out for what happens with, I don't know who owns the intellectual property, but I'd be interested to see if Firefly gets off the ground, yeah. the reboot. And if that is successful, I'd be keeping an eye out on Buffy and other potential um, Whedon products that might yeah. may or might not be owned by the same um, production companies.
1: Yeah, Mutant Enemy Productions is Whedon's company.
0: Okay, interesting.
1: Yeah, I was a little sad that we didn't get to the end of the credits because it's he like does this little handmade or hand drawn zombie. Actually, it's probably a, a vampire thinking about it, and he goes gur arg, <laughs> and that's the end of every episode. And it makes me so happy because in the musical episode, they had like at the very end of the soundtrack, it's or even the the episode, it's sung. So it's a Grr, arg.
0: <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. It's important. Yeah, it's a little. I guess it's a mutant. Yeah, mutant. But it's a, it's a little <laughs> Nesferatu kind of little creepy character, naked, with his butt hanging out.
1: Yeah, it's really funny though, because it's, I don't know, it looks kind of cheap and says, so like, grr, arg. Grr, arg. <laughs> At the end of everything, it's very funny. <laughs> there's some of them,
0: I can't remember what it was behind now. That's a real bad hat, Harry.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, and there's the one, go to bed. Yeah. That, I don't know, it's. It's funny that it becomes a part of the show, like listening to an album and knowing the song that's going to come on next and oh, knowing, you know, knowing all the beats, uh, that are going to, that are going to trigger your memory somewhere. Uh-huh. And like you predict like, bring. that's a real bad hat, Harry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that's one thing I really hate about when Spotify randomly decides to shuffle things is that mm. I have a playlist curated such that it really is reminiscent of listening to a, an album back in yeah. the day when you cared about a whole album. And I know the next song and it gives me something else. And I'm like three notes into it before I start noticing that this is a different song. Fuck you, Spotify. What have you done? Gotta go back. Gotta go back.
0: Play a different song. Play the the previous song again. Turn off shuffle <laughs> and then have this go correctly so you don't fool. feel a fool.
1: Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um,
0: okay. Well, let's jump in. Sure. Uh, genre. Genre. Did the pilot successfully establish their genre?
1: I think it did, Um, and for me, it was just kind of a balance between, like, the vampire supernatural and kind of a high school coming-of-age experience, like, balancing the two was a huge part of this show.
0: I wrote teenage supernatural drama. Dope. Yeah, so that, you know, accommodates it. I wrote a bunch of other things. Let me look. Let me look to see if anybody needs to hear any of these things.
1: <laughs> Finger licked. Going through very precisely. <laughs>
0: uh no not really um i mean there's story points that we have to discuss but we'll get we'll get through that as we go along yeah uh it's the you know the fun things going on in school her looking Mm -hmm. for her place her looking for her crew as a new student to the school yeah um so you got the teenage, you know, you got the B story. Like, what's going on in their personal lives? Like, yeah. how does this correlate to the dance or to that club that uh, TV shows have for teenagers in high school to go to and party and not drink? Um,
1: I really wish that existed when I was in high school. I watched <laughs> that. And I'm like, man, those are the days where that would have been appealing to me. Yeah,
0: And it super <laughs> didn't. Uh, especially yeah. in this where she's moving from Los Angeles to Sunnydale, yeah. uh, a small town, which doesn't have you know bars just for kids
1: well they only have one starbucks as they called out so like i don't understand why they'd have this club
0: well it was 97 <laughs> now they have three and a little shrine birthplace of buffy summers or whatever yeah uh okay so we could say i think pretty uh concisely that that was a pass Yes. Um, so you got the teenage portion of it, and then you got the A stories, which are going to be the vampire or supernatural dr- uh, dramas that we have to compete against every episode. Uh, now that brings us to characters.
1: Yeah. So um, I think, let's see here. We're introduced to Darla technically first, who's the vampire. Um, right. And I guess before we get too much into characters, I really like, The subversion of expectations that they have multiple times within the show, it's kind of a recurring theme that the guy and the girl go in and you think the guy's going to do something nefarious to the girl and she ends up being the villain. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, that's much the same reason that Buffy was created. It's the, you know, the girl who is the victim in every horror movie Mm -hmm. gets to be the hero in this one. Um, So I really loved that um, and that they kind of continue with that beat. So Darla actually ends up being a pretty famous vampire and goes on to do some angel.
0: Oh, her and angel get together.
1: Oh, they have a history. Ooh, <laughs> so she's
0: done some angel and she's going to do some more? Yeah. Interesting. They'd go well together.
1: Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on which version of angel. I don't know. The soul, in version or the soulless version. Oh,
0: yeah. I don't know what that means.
1: Yeah, so he's uh <laughs>
0: That's why he's always good guy. I don't feel like I'm spoiling anything
1: because it's like over 20 years old. No, you're good. <laughs> but the concept of Angel is that he's a vampire with a soul.
0: Oh. And
1: that's what makes him so special. Um, because the soulless vampires are the evil ones that you really got to watch you out You sound for. like you
0: don't take that seriously. <laughs> this makes him so special. Um, vampire th- with a soul. Wimp.
1: I'm Team Spike, I guess, <laughs> is like my stance on this. That. You know, tall, dark, and brooding was really an exciting thing as a teenager, but adults are more interested in Spike. <laughs> I used
0: to be Team Angel because he was there first, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and then I, I met him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he was a jerk.
0: <laughs> and I'm on Bones. Okay, we'll get into that later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. So, you know, the reveal that Darla's the vampire is where we start our opening credits. And mm-hmm. then we just kind of open up on Buffy, who is having these weird nightmares. Like, super weird. You were mentioning how bad of <laughs> an editing cut it was. Edit, yeah. <laughs> like, it definitely dates the show. I won't lie. The first season is a little too obvious that it was a 90s show.
0: Yeah. Well, plus... I mean, this is really the first time. Like, I don't I don't know if she was doing something as a child in commercials or whatever, Sarah Michelle Giller. Yeah. It doesn't matter. This is what made her a star. Yeah. Uh, and I did some math while we were watching it. She would have been 19 or 20 Yeah. when they started help. this. First of all, adorable. Like, mm-hmm. I never realized how totally adorable Sarah Michelle Giller is. Because I was, like, I was seven when this show came out. She was uh, 20, so she might as well have been 45 years old to me as a seven-year-old, right? Absolutely, yeah. So I never noticed, and now as an old guy, I look at her at you know ten years younger than me and think, "Oh, she's so pretty. She's yeah, so adorable. She's
1: got the cutest little nose. <laughs> and
0: uh, and she's she's got a certain kind of wit about her. She's strong. Mm-hmm. She's a strong character. She doesn't care if she's in the popular group or the nerd group. Yeah. Um. Yeah. She's a, above all that. She's got her. She's worldly because of this Slayer experience she's having. Uh, and she's really, she reminds me, well, Selena Gomez character in Wizards of Waverly Place Mm, comes to mind a little bit because of all the zingers she's always dropping.
1: Yes, absolutely. That's one thing that when I finally started watching uh, Wizards of Waverly Place, because I was babysitting all the time and that Mm -hmm. was what was on, um, I definitely felt like there was that same witty, you know, the one-liners for sure, the zingers. Yeah. And it, it must have originated here, honestly. Oh, interesting! Like, this is kind of where it seems like that trope began.
0: Yeah. Something in the in the character of the show, anyway. Yeah. Um. Yeah, she she was she was great. That was great on her. Uh, yeah. You were saying that it was a little silly. It was a little more campy, maybe at the beginning of this
1: uh yeah at the very beginning it was it's just that montage of like random vampire shit it was just like oh and the
0: quick edits and Mm -hmm. then it like it would fade in but it would be a a quick um it would be like a jump cut out yeah yeah it was it was it was pretty rough around the edges but i guess i'm i was thinking there for a second i didn't really complete the thought that at 19 or 20 years old to be getting this opportunity to star in this show, she was probably, I got to think she was probably to some degree ill-prepared for this. Yeah. And that it must have been a very exciting time in life and a, a huge opportunity um, to be, and there was probably, this was kind of the only thing like it at the time.
1: Oh, yeah. She was I think certainly Charmed the, was the only thing that yeah. would say it was similar. And I tried to get into Charmed, at, you know, not, having not grown up on it, and it is not like Buffy. You can't just jump into it and love it. Or, you know, I can't. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can. <laughs> well, I
0: got, a, I got a background with Charm. My mom and I used to watch Charm together all the time.
1: Oh, see, nostalgia goes a long way with those older shows.
0: It was bad, though. I mean, Buffy's <laughs> obviously the better show. Oh, good. I'm yeah. glad to hear you say it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. So uh, we have the montage of, of vampires yeah. and dark stuff. Uh, then what happens?
1: Uh, Buffy's mom calls her down, says, hey, you ready for your first day of school? So we're kind of introduced to, hey, she's at a whole new school. Um, some a little bit of background on why they're at a new school Um, it actually does try to give a nod to the Buffy movie which came before this was a totally different actress at the end of that one spoilers close your ears if you don't if you haven't seen it Um, (laughs) but she ends up burning down the school gym and maybe even the entire school because there are vampires at like prom or whatever Um, And so she burns the whole school down. So that's the whole reason for her moving to Sunnydale. Her mom tries to get her a fresh start. um, And she's trying to ignore the whole vampire thing, which is why when she's confronted with it in any form, she is just super not interested.
0: Uh, That's funny you mention that. I didn't look at it as a... Because it's been such a long time since I've seen the Buffy movie. Yeah. Uh, and even so, my cousins watched Buffy. They followed Buffy a little bit more closely than I did. hmm I mean, we were in elementary school, and this was a show for high school kids. Yeah. Uh, and I was told that it was too scary. And That's, I guess, mm-hmm. yeah. Every time I turned it on, I, I guess I found I'm I'm actually not afraid of this, but I'm told yeah. I'm going to be scared of it. And I was eight, so it was probably pretty easy to trick me into thinking that was the case. <laughs> Kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my mom was trying to watch the episode of Home Improvement where uh, uh, Tim Allen's wife, who's I'm blanking on her name in the show, yeah, same. Um, uh, and then there's like t- there's like 157,000 angry listeners right now shouting her name at the at, <laughs>
1: email us at pilots, the radio. <laughs> pilots the podcast at gmail dot com. Tell us the name exactly of Tim Allen's wife. <laughs> yeah, don't Tim su- the toolman man Taylor's wife.
0: Don't suffer in silence or the only. Person who can hear you yelling about it is you yell at us about it. <laughs> uh yeah, so he's him and his wife. This is the episode where she makes out with another guy and almost cheats on Tim. Wow. Yeah. But it was on at the same time as Buffy. And I was like, Mom, I get that you want to see Jill. Jill. Yes, thank you. I, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I was like, I get that you want to see Jill cheat on Tim, but um, I ain't gonna watch Buffy by myself. It was actually a repeat of that one. I was like, I already seen this one. They spend the rest of the episode in bed talking. She was like the rest of the, ep- the re-. and she actually watched Buffy with me, even though she really wanted to see what happened between Jill and Tim. And I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway.
1: Thanks, Mama Riker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, what was I talking about?
1: Um, The movie.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Oh, that's really good that you knew that. <laughs> um, so the point was, my cousins watched it more than I did, and and Jessica had the my cousin Jessica had the uh, tape, the video cassette tape, the VHS tape Ooh. of Buffy the movie. <laughs> and I remember seeing it once, and her saying like, "This was Giles in the movie." Do you remember if his name was Giles? He,
1: his name was not Giles. Okay, in the
0: movie. so so I guess that's what I never realized because it was such a long time ago that mm-hmm. this is actually a direct. Sequel, in a way.
1: In a way, yeah. They kind of acknowledge the previous, but they never like call out specific. Like she had kind of a watcher at her old place. They would make no mention of him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Direct sequel in a different universe. Yeah, you know, it was exactly. a different time where you're going from TV to, or sorry, movie to TV before we have these expanded universes. Absolutely. This is the adaptation for television. Yes. Um, but then they recognize the the backstory because I I thought it was interesting that she came into this already knowing she was the slayer. Mm -hmm. She already had the background on it from, from whatever that was that taught her about what this is at her Mm -hmm. old school. Um, I, I thought that was an interesting choice and it had almost made the movie feel like the true pilot. Yeah. Like, okay, well if you want to sort of figure out how we're introduced to this, go do that first and then come back to this otherwise we're just prepping you on the show not the whole lore the mythology of it she's already caught up on it we got to save time there and just get into the show you guys can you should already know what the premise is
1: yeah and the interesting thing is though that they cut out a lot of the lore like there's something that I'm super happy from the movie that it did not make it into the TV series Mm -hmm. you know when Giles is like standing with Buffy at the bronze and they're looking over and she's like you should be able to sense when the vampires are yeah in the movie, she sensed it with period cramps. Like this is why only women could be the slayer because they had this like blood tie to vampires. And I'm like, well, that's icky. No oh, blood
0: tie though. That's no. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're right. Don't that's, entertain that. That no. sounds like a guy's idea of trying to make a period sound like a more valuable, powerful thing. It's not. It's it
1: painful for no goddamn reason. Like, <laughs> <laughs> let's not make this glorified in any way. It's awful.
0: That's like a guy in a different area, a different era saying, yeah, I'm a feminist.
1: My period, it's my superpower. I'm
0: a feminist. No, her period is going to be her strength. <laughs>
1: no. You're right.
0: It's probably good that the uh, the, the WB said, hey, lose that.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's probably how that went, too. It was, <laughs> Which is a
0: great, uh, it's funny you say that. I didn't realize it. He said, he was saying hone in on who's the yeah. who's the vampire. There's a vampire in here. Use your special Slayer sense. And she looks down and she goes, him. Yep. Look at that hair. Look at that shirt. He's been walking around as a teenager for 10 years and doesn't realize that that's not in style. It's unacceptable that he looks like that today.
1: Yeah. And Giles goes, oh, so dated. And she says. Carbon
0: dated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was funny. And then he's saying, no, 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 but feel it. And it was funny that we just moved on from that. Yeah. I was like, no, I got it. I got it the first time.
1: Well, yeah. It was also that at that moment that they spotted who was talking to this you know recognized vampire
0: lily aldrin
1: <laughs> willow yeah i can't think of her last name in this that makes me sad there was a time where i'd know all of their names first and last yeah well there but, was know. a time
0: i knew all the characters names in game of thrones but
1: that went away like as soon as the final <laughs> season happened and it was just like eject eject dump all you knew about this series it's not worth it Taking up too much space. (laughs) There are so many names.
0: Oh, they're hard. Okay. Um, (laughs) So so she's going to go to school. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mom takes her to school, drops her off saying, hey, honey, we're going to have our fresh new start here. It's just going to be wonderful.
1: Absolutely. Yep.
0: And then she goes in, and who does she meet first?
1: Um, We first get Xander and Willow, who are talking to each other. about There's a buzz about the new girl, obviously a small school, so we're really setting the tone for Sunnydale's Really Tiny. Yeah. Um, Everyone knows everyone, and and there's a new girl. It's a big deal. Um, She actually goes in and does the principal's office first. That was a hilarious scene. Bob? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Bob's office.
1: (laughs) The students can call me Bob. They don't, though.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Flutie.
1: Mr. Flutie. Oh, you have his name memorized. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Mr. Flutie. That was a fun scene, though. He, like, tears up. He tells her, like, rips up her records and says, your past doesn't matter here. And then I can't remember how they get into the specifics of it, but then he starts taping the records back together. Like, no, no, it, it does matter. That was just for show. Well,
0: he saw something in one of the corners. That he she lit the gym on fire and he's going oh. whoa I think he says whoa and he looks at it and thinks let the gym on fire let the gym on fire
1: <laughs> well none
0: of that matters here and as they're talking he never really misses a beat then immediately just starts taping it back <laughs> yeah
1: that <it> was great
0: <laughs> that was fun while trying to be like he's one of those people who doesn't know how to have authority and care about people yeah absolutely. so he he way to overdoes the BFF thing and then. Tries to have weight,
1: yeah, and leaves you with
0: no respect for him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So we met Xander and Willow at about the same time. Mm-hmm. They were talking. Did we meet Jesse there too?
1: Um. So we meet Cordelia first, um, because she's just so excited to be, you know, Buffy's BFF. Wants to show her around. Oh, you know what? No, sorry, you're right. Xander meets her first because she dumps all of her books in the hallway immediately after the principal's office.
0: Oh, that's where they meet, because he wipes out on his uh, skateboard as soon as yes. he sees her outside. Okay, so so we meet, we're meeting so the we've characters. we've met him, yes, yeah. um,
1: but that's when they first meet, sorry.
0: We know right away that he's a person that is, you know, somebody we need to watch out for. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh,
0: they're circling, you have Willow and Xander in the New Girls orbit, basically, and mm-hmm. uh, and I think, Jesse, I think that's where they're talking in. They're going through the door and saying, yeah, new girl? Yeah, hottie. She's a hottie. Yeah, like, uh, what's her story? Yeah. <clears throat> new girl. <laughs> right, right, right. So everybody's pretty stoked about that. Then we get the principal understanding why she's here, what's going on, what's the what's the baggage that we're bringing into the situation. I think right after that, she, uh, her and Xander bump into each other. She loses her stake.
1: Yeah. Oh, that was so funny. For Re- little fence. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, when he returns her stake to her. Of course, we mean a stake through the heart, vampire style. Yeah. He returns her stake to her, and she says, uh, the first part will be a paraphrase, but she says, well, yeah, everybody, it's for personal protection. Everybody's using it in LA. Pepper spray is just so passe.
1: Oh, I had that one, too. Crossing it out. (laughs) (laughs) That was really funny. And there are a lot of nods like that, where it's like, here's the, you know, she's she's still a teenage girl, so she kind of injects that into Mm -hmm. whatever supernatural thing's going on.
0: Right. She meets Cordelia mm-hmm. in class. Cordelia, who plays the consummate mean, popular girl, mm-hmm. who we talked about. I, I'd maybe hear more from you because I don't know enough yet about it. Yeah. Um. She's She plays it a little smarter, a little more sophisticated than just the mean girl. Like, she's actually pretty sweet and likable. Yeah, other her vocabulary than, is pretty good, too. Yeah, and she's just kind of soft-spoken, and she's she's like pleasant playing a mean girl. Uh, And she, like uh, Buffy says at some point in time, she goes, no, Cordelia has been really nice. I mean, to me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she definitely notes that she's not nice to Willow at all. Like, it's just kind of like the the worst bully. Like, she says just the things you would never even. Who gave you
0: permission to exist.
1: Yeah, like, who does that? Yeah. Even, like, the meanest bullies I've ever had. They've never said anything like that. Like that's just Like
0: crazy. I want you to die. Yeah. Right?
1: It's a little dark. Uh
0: so it sounds like she, I mean she's a main character in mm-hmm. the intro credits, so I'm guessing I'm guessing she becomes kind of a friend of me and then an eventual friend.
1: Yeah. So, you know, when we talked about Fate the Wink saga, it's, you know, the gal who's supposed to be Hang on. She's supposed to be a mentor. The blonde. Yeah. I feel like that was kind of a good parallel. Stella, is that her name? Yes.
0: Okay. Nicely done.
1: So <laughs> thanks. I had to picture my note card. <laughs> <laughs> I just
0: pictured it as confetti in my shredder. Note cards, colored note cards make the prettiest shreds.
1: They do. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. So she's, you know, initially very prickly. Um, you know, she kind of joins the fold at least in some sense later. Yeah. Um, you know, being that they all go through this crazy experience of living on the Hellmouth together,
0: right?
1: It's kind of a rite of passage or something, you know, a bonding experience. <laughs>
0: uh, can we talk where you mentioned they live on the Hellmouth? Yes, which is the gateway to
1: the gateway to hell, fail,
0: <laughs> which is another way that this felt so much like Sabrina. You yeah. know the modern Sabrina before the modern. Could you imagine being Clarissa? Explains it all right now. <laughs> Hearing that you're the <laughs> you're the historic Sabrina, and then you have the modern day, the modern era Sabrina. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean. I, I actually, know you what? know what? That's just true. That's fact. Sorry, Clarissa explains it all. Um, I'm
1: Melissa Jenhart. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Oh, I love her. Uh, I do
0: too. <laughs> doesn't sound like I respect her, but I do, and I love her. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it w- there were so many parallels, and it really felt like you know this compared to the chilling adventures of Sabrina, which I prefer for production values. Netflix. Etc. cetera, et cetera. Uh, This was very much Sabrina before there was a Sabrina. And rather than Sabrina going around fucking shit up all the time, yeah, she's taking care of business. She
1: is. Yeah, she's a kick-ass kind of gal. And so the Hellmouth um, is kind of a center of mystical convergence, direct quote from Giles. I have it here. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like it really well explains why all this kooky shit happens in a small town. Yep. And it's because it's a mystically significant place. It's kind of a monster hotspot, if you will.
0: I mean... We're the cusp of a mystical convergence.
1: Like, <laughs>
0: I think that says it all.
1: All right. So we've met Willow, met Xander, met Cordelia. Next, we meet Giles.
0: <laughs> that we do.
1: So she goes into the library to pick up textbooks, which mm. it's weird to me that they don't just have them for her in her class, but maybe they do it different in California. <laughs>
0: that's how Cordelia gets her at first. That's how, yeah. that's how the mean girl befriends her. Should you like your own copy of the textbook, do visit the library and, and discuss your own options with Mr. Giles.
1: I love like, how Cordelia is British now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was just
0: such a weird, inhuman, bizarre thing for one student to say to the other Do you want your textbook that you could go check out from the library? Yeah,
1: like, it was nope. very Hermione Granger, honestly.
0: Yeah, especially from the mean girl of the school. Nope, <laughs> don't think so. That's why you're like, I was endeared to her immediately. It's like, oh, so she's just like really cool and wants a new girl to feel at home just offering friendship first to make sure she's got somebody to go to.
1: See, thinking about it, though, like why her motivation would be that way, and it's not to speak to, yes, this is her motivation, so I don't want it to be like, hey, I'm informing her character for the whole show. But if it were me, I think I would see, if I were Cordelia, I'd see Buffy as a threat because she's obviously like uh-huh. the top popular hot girl, right? Yep. And Buffy's like as you mentioned, very cute
0: from Los Angeles so yeah so her cool girl test she says we can skip the written part mm-hmm. you're obviously gonna be cool coming to Sunnydale from yeah. LA so then I will mold you into you're right I'll mold you into my number two yeah if you exactly want the spot.
1: poor harmony gonna get edged out oh. she's the blonde you see briefly in the computer room
0: yeah. Actually, that's who came to mind. I, I knew who you are talking <laughs> that's about. That's
1: hilarious. You're like, oh, yes, Harmony. Ah, <laughs> oh,
0: indeed, Harmony. Come uh, pick, Hazy.
1: So what do you have on Giles? Um, Rupert Giles. A watcher. By,
0: here, okay, go ahead.
1: Oh, sorry. Played by Anthony Stewart Head, who's like, I would say like the best skilled actor on the whole show.
0: Anthony Stewart Head or mm-hmm. Stewart Head?
1: <laughs> Stewart Head.
0: Okay, Anthony Stew Head. All right, gotcha. <laughs> This is a true story, mm-hmm. but there's a realtor in town. Maybe we need to cut this part out, but I'm going to jump in anyway. Do it. Uh, his name is Richard Head. Dickhead. Yeah. Oh, it's that's It's not hilarious. what it says in any of his My- branding. It says Richard. <laughs> and I just think, how did that get past somebody's parents?
1: Yeah, no kidding. I mean, they had to have done it on purpose. Maybe the had mom to. didn't like the dad.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just as a boy named Sue kind of scenario.
1: Real dickhead like your dad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like some parents are just really mean when they name their kids. Yeah,
0: aggressively so.
1: Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, okay. So, what's, what was his first name?
1: Anth- oh, Giles Anthony Rupert.
0: Stewart. Rupert.
1: Rupert Giles, played Rupert by Giles. Anthony Stewart Head. And I don't think you hear Rupert. Tony in this, Stewhead. No. <laughs> Tony Stewhead. Anyway, so it's funny. I hadn't remembered it until this watch through of the pilot mm-hmm. um, that he was actually new to the school as well, that he was a curator at a museum before. Um, he's fresh in from Britain. <laughs> yeah,
0: from the, the a museum in Britain, Britain, or maybe even the British Museum,
1: Ooh. what they say.
0: That's what Willow says.
1: Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so it's
0: obviously totally ridiculous, too. Yeah. Like, Yeah, he moved uh, to Sunnydale to be the librarian at the one high school here from the British Museum. So obviously he's just here because he knew the Slayer was going to be here.
1: Yeah. Or, you know, he had a map of all the Hellmouths and was like, this is probably the most likely one. It's the closest to (laughs) to L.A. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I don't know. Um, so the job of the Watcher is supposed to train and prepare the Slayer for her own duty, or for her duty. Oh, um,
0: real quick. Yeah. You ask me what did I have on Giles, and we were yeah. talking over each other, so oh, I didn't get God. this all out. Dude. No, 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 it's fine, but, but he's a Watcher, here to prepare Buffy, who has done this before and <laughs> don't need no man.
1: <laughs> That's what I have on Giles. So you're saying he's got a mansplaining role ahead of us.
0: No, uh, it was her response to him. Where he's got a role he needs to fulfill. Mm -hmm. Uh, She doesn't want anything to do with it. She's rejecting the hero's call because she's done this before. Yeah. Uh, And in in his effort to hey, this is my role. I am a watcher. He goes, you're the slayer. She says, you start killing vampires. I can't slay vampires. I'm not a slayer. You're the slayer. You slay vampires. I'm the watcher. She goes. uh, He goes. I and she goes. Watch. He goes. Yeah. No. I'm here (laughs) to prepare you. So he's pretty. He's he's definitely the brain he's definitely the mm-hmm. professor you know type of character who's yeah. gonna come offer the uh what was uh the cousin's name in Sabrina Ambrose he's like the Ambrose of the of the bunch who just has the magical foreshadowy answers you know yeah. the, the exposition answers just when you need them.
1: he's got his nose and so much prophecy like he knows <laughs>
0: Seems like he's pretty much really just there to move the plot along.
1: Uh, maybe, maybe in in the beginning for sure, but I feel like he f- fills a much deeper role and becomes like a moral compass of sorts later.
0: Well, it's probably helpful that it, he's a beloved character. Mm-hmm. In the show, the actor's a fun guy who probably brought a lot to it. Oh, yeah. And the people liked him, so he was probably easy to write for and make him better and make him deeper, and that's probably a testament to him and to writers and producers across the board. But in the purely um, formulaic fashion of Mm -hmm. traditional TV... Sure. Would you say his role... uh, functions by necessity to connect our audience surrogate, which I would say is Sarah Michelle Geller here, mm-hmm. to the universe of the show, to the mythology of the vampires. Oh,
1: definitely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, as uh, Buffy says, you're like a textbook with arms.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> his line, which I didn't quote it right, um, but he, he goes on about the computer, this dreaded machine and everybody kind of looks at him uncomfortably goes, sorry, that was very British, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so it's stuff like that. It's little one-liners like that that made it more than just a talking textbook.
1: Absolutely. Um, so it's not in this episode, but I really want to drop it because there's a, there's a mask that I want, considering the pandemic and all. And, all. <laughs> and it says, uh, do you like my mask? Isn't it pretty? It raises the dead. And the line that follows that is bloody Americans. (laughs) Bloody
0: Americans.
1: (laughs) Which is, uh, he just has a lot of those one-liners where he knows something. uh, You know, he's the one who knows the thing and helps people out on the knowledge side of it. But he's known to get knocked out in most episodes, and Buffy does all the heavy lifting. Right.
0: (laughs) Which is, again, subversion of expectations here. The hero is uh, not only a female, but a young girl Mm -hmm. uh, who's independently very capable And the guy in it is the, she's the muscle and he's the heart. Yeah, absolutely. uh, I like that. uh, Yeah. And he's very much her sidekick.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, so after we meet Giles, we get, we meet the dead body in the locker, which is kind of the plot or what kicks off the plot anyway.
0: So let's talk about the two girls in the locker room. (laughs) (laughs) They come into the locker room and it's it's hard to watch when one of them says something to the other and she goes neg, the other says pause, you know negative positive yes yeah. no, uh, neg pause neg Lee. It's like oh my god, was anybody actually saying that?
1: No, I, it actually went over my head because I was just like I I, I don't know what you guys are talking yeah, about. I don't think anybody's
0: <laughs> ever actually said that. So there was some '90s references that make this feel like it was from a different dimension. One of them where um, Cordelia is asking when she, they're going through the cool girl test. Yeah. And she says to Buffy, she goes, uh, what do you think of like this kind of haircut? And she goes, um, over? And she goes, yeah, so over. She goes, what do you think of James Spader? She says, he needs to call me. And I thought, was, was James Spader ever like a sexy, heartthrobby type guy?
1: Yeah, that's hilarious to me.
0: Who I watched. <laughs> I know of James Spader best. I mean, I've known him. My whole life, I've remembered James Spader's been a a guy out there doing stuff. Yeah. But the thing that I know him best from is Boston Legal, where he's super weird. He's not, yeah. (laughs) So if he ever had that heartthrobby, I don't know where that came from. I don't believe that was a real thing. Just like I don't believe the Buzz Negley thing was a real thing. Brilliant actor. Many great things I have to say about him. I don't see him ever being Mr. Suave.
1: Yeah, I know him from the office and I never found him attractive. But yeah. granted, there's an age disparity that just can't be bridged, <laughs> I think, maybe.
0: <laughs> uh okay, so this started out with the girls in the locker room and the dead body falls out of the locker, which was actually pretty well done because it just like you could it really felt like a body just collapsed out and yeah. how that experience would go. Yeah. Which was horrific for the girls. I thought it was hilarious. I was laughing. I was laughing my ass off on that one.
1: Yeah. No, yeah, I, I was really, like, I was really amused by your laughter more than anything. <laughs> I don't think I otherwise would have found it super funny, a little campy maybe, but yeah, I was really enjoying no, you it was rolling campy. over that. <laughs> it was so bad, but so good. It was so funny. Exactly, yeah.
0: <laughs> so what's the result of finding the uh, body in the...
1: That Buffy confronts Giles. She like first uh, goes in and snoops and then she's finally, you know, Giles had thumped the vampire book, you know, in front of her when she went meeting. to Yeah, when she went for textbooks, she was like, I I'm not here for that, you know, and kind of
0: <laughs> Yeah, not interested. <laughs> heard like the story she it,
1: well, she kinda acts like she has no idea what, what he's talking about. And then she comes back in and she's like, If there are vampires, which I'm not saying there are, you know, like Oh I didn't right. this wasn't me. I didn't want this. Like I came here to be vampire free. And he goes, Well, you know, this is your duty. You got to do this thing.
0: That's right. The rumor gets back to her real quickly over some dead kid in the locker.
1: Yeah, Cordelia uh, and her yeah.
0: loud mouth. Uh, And her original. Yeah, she's hanging out with her crew, and mm-hmm. Cordelia, which is Willow and Xander and Jesse. And Cordelia shows up saying, Are these guys bothering you?
1: It's a late Jesse. She
0: goes, <laughs> No. I, like, I'm just sitting here talking to them. And that's when we find out that. Uh, there's a dead body. She goes to Giles. The first meeting with Giles when he presents the vampire book and she rushes out. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what that is. I'm not yeah. here for that. I'm just splitting. Obviously, obviously, she knows, he knows, he knows, she knows. We know that they know that they know. Yeah. Right? But
1: That feels very 90s. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but uh, I was left with the impression initially mm-hmm. that she was looking at Giles as perhaps a vampire, perhaps a villain. Yeah, perhaps, Uh, yeah. Yeah, could have been anything, and but pretty quickly, she just goes straight to Giles and says, okay, obviously, you're in the game, Uh, let's get talking about this.
1: Yeah, and I think it's because, in the movie, anyway, she did have something kind of like a watcher. I don't even know that they called him a watcher, per se, but he was supposed to be a mentor of sorts. I remember him,
0: older guy.
1: Yeah, very old. Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: Not like, it wasn't the Giles character at all, you know, because it goes to TV, then it's got to be young and sexy with a bunch of (laughs) up-and-comers.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Haven't seen Tony Stewhead since.
1: He's been in stuff.
0: Oh, good for him.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I have a list of things that my friends have been sending me. They're like, you love Anthony Stewart Head, right? I'm like, yes. Yes, I do. What do you have for me? (laughs) I will watch him in anything.
0: So, this is what calls her to action, Mm -hmm. basically. Um, I don't know where it is necessarily chronologically, but sure. this the first it's a two-parter, mm-hmm. the first episode being about 46 minutes, and it takes us about 23 minutes before we see the villains. Yeah. And I remembered thinking, this felt like it's taken a while.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: guess it makes sense when you look at it as a two-parter. Yeah, but it still felt like it was taken a while to get to the introduction of what's the conflict though? Yeah. Like what is the conflict that we're trying to overcome?
1: Sure, definitely.
0: Do you have any feelings about that?
1: Um, I think that it would be leaning on my hook, which is that the hook isn't about the monsters.
0: <laughs> Might.
1: That the draw is more about the gang and this is the assembly of the gang. Yeah. Who was later affectionately referred to as the Scoobies.
0: Ooh. Uh, yeah. Doo. Yeah. Uh, don't mind if I doobie doo. No. <laughs> Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs>
0: um so then all right, let's boogie through plot, because I think we yeah. I mean through the plot of this episode. Yeah. Because I think we pretty much hit all the characters other than Angel.
1: Yeah. Um well really quick, while um Buffy is confronting Giles, oh, we find perfect. that You know, Xander kind of pops out and he's like, "What the hell?" Like he's been listening to this whole thing. He's like, "What the hell is with this?" Knows
0: immediately she's the Slayer. Yeah, or thinks she's the Slayer.
1: (laughs) Obviously, still in denial about it. Um, Let's see. Because she's suddenly out
0: of his league, big time.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Like. He's a dork. Like, one of his first things, he said, can I have you? Like, that's his first line to her. Oh, I mean, can I help you? And it's like, oh, my God, you're the person who makes me squirm yeah. when I watch shows. Who
0: really <laughs> does that? Well, then he says too. I do. I do. Oh. I
1: totally do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a Xander. It's terrible.
0: <laughs> oh, so you take it a little too personally.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm a little like,
0: too close to home, huh? He's
1: kind of the Xander. Or sorry, he's kind of the Chandler of the show. Like, he just inserts weird joke when he's uncomfortable.
0: Sure. Yeah, awkward guy.
1: Yeah, very awkward. So
0: he says right there after she walks off, he goes, "Ah, very suave, not pathetic at all. (laughs) This is after I was asking you, I said, was this guy, would he have been considered attractive at any point in history or was he always goofy? He said, I'm pretty sure he was always goofy. And then that scene happened. I thought, okay, he wasn't like the, uh, the young sexy guy at the time. He was a dork. Oh, yeah. He was an awkward dork, and that is very much part of the character.
1: Yeah, and you looked up Nicholas Brandon around that time and found that he is the sexiest he's ever been right now. Right at this point <laughs> in history. No, he's a good-looking guy. He aged well.
0: Yeah, that worked out for him.
1: <laughs> so um, next we're heading to the bronze. We get a brief scene with Buffy's mom, but we mainly get the intro to Angel because he's kind of just stalking her on the way there.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, that
0: vampire thing.
1: I really did not like our introduction to Angel at all. He just seemed like a total douchebag, and I didn't understand. Yeah, he was very smug, and I'm like, I don't understand what your objective is here. Like, are you on her side? Then help her. Are you trying to be, like, if you're trying to be mysterious, then wipe that smug smile off your face, dude.
0: So where he says, uh, which we pointed out and mocked when it happened, when he says to her, when she's asking, who are you? He says, A friend. And she kind of challenges him. On yeah, that. like I don't need a friend. Yeah, and, and he says, "Didn't say it was your friend." It's like <laughs> so it was a complete non-answer to the question. Yeah, like why so that even means answered? nothing. I'm somebody's <laughs> friend.
1: <laughs> well, and it's funny now that you mention it because later on there's the beat where she says, "What? Don't you have any friends?" And she's like, "That wasn't supposed to be a stumper." And his face goes like it's the first like personable moment you get because he's just like, "Oh no, no, I don't have." I heard friends. a little bit like that. Yeah. (laughs) It hurts me. That hurts. Yeah. So he kind of, he gifts her a cross, but is otherwise very unhelpful and kind of antagonistic. I don't know if we're just supposed to take this as early flirt, but I hated it. I freaking hated it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah.
0: No, he's supposed to be the sexy guy. You know, he's the.
1: Oh, that was no mistake.
0: No, no, he's the. Well, I guess what I just mean is he's clearly the will they, won't they. They're setting that up right, right out of the gate. And it was pretty unappealing.
1: Yeah. He was just douchey about it. Like he's got no game. Right. <laughs> and the stupid
0: smug you know the way he's pull pulling those stupid smug faces. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Um so Jonathan.
0: What's his last name?
1: Jonathan Who? What?
0: His name in real life.
1: Sorry, whose name? Angels. Oh. <laughs> You're fucking with me.
0: No, it's Jonathan something. No,
1: it's David Boreanaz. (laughs) I was like, Jonathan is a character for sure, but (laughs) so when I when I I
0: had my interaction with him, I was on the background of Bones, the Cougar Cruise episode. Bones people know. Uh, In fact, (laughs) go look for me. Um, Good luck. Are you not in it? No, I think I no. People have told me they could see me. I just look. I'm a lot older and fatter now.
1: (laughs) You'll have to point it out (laughs) to me sometime.
0: And uh, one of the crew guys says to me, the one who's directing the background actors around, it was a horrible two days working on their show. Oh, this was the worst, actually. Um, he says, <laughs> he says, so you're going to come out here behind David and then you're going to walk over here and start talking to these women. And uh, I said, who's David? Like, I don't know who David is. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't work here every day. Like, I come in. Yeah, I'm as not
1: on a, a first-name basis with these people. Yeah, I come in as an
0: extra. I make my $65, and I go home and hope that the overtime that gets me to $100 doesn't turn into, like, a 13-hour day. That's it. I come here for my free meals and my 65 bucks, and to tell my parents I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he says, David. And I'm saying, I don't know who David is. Like, I'd like him to say, Booth, you know, the star of the show. Yeah. One of the stars of the show. Very unhelpful. Give a character name He says, sure. that guy, the tall one in the suit, which could have been anybody. And I said, "That I said, are you telling me Angel from Buffy? Like, can we make this much simpler than it is, than yeah. we're making it? And he goes, don't say that. And I kind of smirked about it. And he was like, no. He said, I'm looking out for you right now. He said, do not say that. He said, we had to send two people home for that yesterday. There was a big scene that we had to stop production last night because there was two girls that it was like a childhood crush, Angel, their childhood crush, yeah. who were like throwing themselves at him. And he was just the shittiest, poutiest. Like he just had the worst attitude. It's like, sorry, the forty thousand dollars you're making every week, being the sec, the you know, the second most interesting person here as usual, isn't good enough for you. So I've always had it out for him since then.
1: Yeah, it's hard because <laughs> Plus like he that- was
0: mean mugging me the whole time because it was pretty obnoxious. <laughs> but I was, I was nineteen. That I was so he was mean mugging me this whole time, which just made me like when I ugh make it worse (laughs) plus i hated working there so i wanted to get sent home (laughs)
1: wow (laughs) i feel like i should do an interview episode just telling tell me about your experience as an extra (laughs) i promise (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: okay then what happens
1: um, okay, so now we're in the bronze, which we already kind of bu- briefly touched on. Um, the club Buffy for kids, yeah. <laughs> Buffy clocks Giles up, you know, peering over the crowd. They kind of go through the whole beat where yeah. she's supposed to sense vampires. There's a vampire taking Willow out. Um, she traces him to a mausoleum. Yes. Um, and this is the first time we see her kill a vampire or dust, dust a em. vampire. <laughs> mm-hmm. On screen. Um, and, you know, Xander's accompanying her and not really in belief about this whole vampire nonsense. Um, Luke interrupts the fight scene. Um, who's, you know, Luke being the master's peon, um, peon minion, head hunchman. <laughs> Pion. Pion. <Pyeong>. Head hunchman. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say it weird or are you being weird? <laughs> no, you said it weird. Okay. <laughs>
0: it's peon is... His henchman. Yeah, I got (laughs) you. You're talking about uh, Lucas? Luke. Luke, yeah. Um,
1: The bumpiest-faced man you've ever seen.
0: Right. Yeah, I was more familiar with him as a Romulan, which is funny. I kept thinking, there's a Romulan with his same face. (laughs) There's a Romulan with a similar forehead ridge. Um, (laughs) So wait a second. We're at the bronze, and we're talking about Luke being the minion who's... Yeah, they called him one of his minions. Yeah. Who's able to consume, basically blood, but like the life force for the master. For the master. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So he's, you know, he's trying to help bring food for the master. Um,
0: After being in kind of the limbo, sort of a mystical limbo for three score year.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They raised him. They called him the sleeper and they had this whole incantation. They brought him out and apparently this is a... You know the harvest is coming up, and it's this once in a century event.
0: Preordained massacre.
1: And this is the thing that's like Angel kind of was supposed to carry exposition for, but was so douchey about it that that's kind of what I got hung up on. I'm like, oh, okay, there's there's a harvest. You're you're otherwise just name dropping an event and then piecing out like a douchebag. Yeah, that's all I've got on him.
0: <laughs> right, because when she goes back to Giles, he's saying. The harvest, like mm-hmm. he wasn't familiar with it, yeah. Outside of what Angel, actually, I missed it totally. I didn't even realize he introduced that. Yeah, it was did. brief.
1: It was very brief, and you, you, I'm sure were caught up in the. Oh, he's he's a douchebag. Douche. <laughs> just like
0: always. Like, yeah, girl. When I met him, he treated me the same way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: too dark and personal. Um,
1: <laughs> so we kind of end this two part episode with. Buffy kind of being stuck in the... I kept writing crypt, but they called it a mausoleum later. I don't know that there's Well, but she was
0: actually... The the building, the whole building is the mausoleum. Oh, okay. Uh, And then I guess you could say the crypt, which is the actual box. That she fell into. Yeah. Which is open already for some reason.
1: Yeah, for pretties. Yeah.
0: And he jumps in and he's going to take her, hits her, cross... Uh, burns his hand, she pushes him off, and he's thinking at this point, oh, hot damn. <laughs> I think we might got a new Slayer on our hands.
1: Yeah. Um, and then we get the we cut to the scene in the library where Giles, Xander, Willow, and Buffy are all kind of, okay, here's where we're at with this. Vampires are real. The harvest is a thing. We need to stop it. The also,
0: Scooby-Dooby-Doo's are coming together.
1: We start the trope that keeps going on that Willow is the resident nerd girl. If yep. there's something nerdy or techie, like she gets tasked with it.
0: So any nerd thing that makes her socially ostracized mm-hmm. uh, is her area to shine.
1: Yeah. That's kind of her trope. Specifically computers so far. Like, okay. Well, she's
0: a, she's a big nerd for the library. She mm-hmm. goes on and on about the library. She doesn't know how to talk to a boy. Her and Xander dated once till yeah. she... He uh, stole her Barbie. She was five. That was so cute. Yeah. (laughs) She's darling. Hasn't dated since. So we didn't get a lot of her in the first half other than to demonstrate that she's going to be important and that she's goofy.
1: Yeah. Very goofy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then by episode two, she's got quite a bit more to do. She stands up to Cordelia. That's pretty cool. Yeah, um, absolutely. But but to your point right now, she demonstrates the value in getting the plot along because she's the computer whiz. So we're seeing the gang come together. Xander's role is that he doesn't want to be emasculated. So he's going <laughs> to go there to get punched.
1: He honestly ends up being kind of a problematic character in the show at times because <laughs> of that. Issue where he feels a little emasculated. Is toxic to...
0: masculinity of his
1: <laughs> Buffy decides to leave school midday to go hunt down Jesse.
0: Bob catches her.
1: <laughs> That's principal Flutie to you.
0: Principal Bob to you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um and she ends up it was so campy. She jumps over the gate after he locks it. I don't know if you were writing notes when that happened, but I was no, just I like, ugh, oh, cringe. <laughs> we didn't see it.
0: We just were low on the gate and then like sound effect as she does her. Catwoman thing yeah over the fence it
1: didn't look like she flipped it looked like she straight up jumped like a vampire you know and right. then ends up on the other side we, i had i, I didn't, didn't like look it. away
0: and miss her jumping we don't see her jump. no I, we yeah. don't see it so there was a special effect shot that didn't happen yeah and her feet she like leaves the frame and then plop her feet drop down as if she just high jumped over this thing
1: angel shows up completely useless really just there to taunt her i feel like um, and show
0: that he's going to be back in the next episode.
1: Yeah. To, to be mysterious. Yeah. And then Xander followed Buffy, um, telling her, like, what is he going to do? Sit at home? And I'm like, no, you're in school. She just left school. <laughs> <laughs> be in chemistry class.
0: Um, you know what? This is kind of a silly half-baked criticism. Yeah. But Angel feels like he's a boy trying to play a man's role. Yeah. Where he's supposed to have some weight. He's supposed to have some mystery. There's supposed yeah. to be this intrigue that just isn't there. Yeah. You just have this young douchebag playing cool who really just doesn't have any friends that nobody's really sure how he fits in.
1: Yeah, So like, absolutely. well, you could be
0: cool if you wanted to be cool, but you're actually just making everybody uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. Master anoints Luke as his vessel. We've got the scene with Buffy's mom where she takes a stand and grounds Buffy, so delays... Even further, her going and saving the day, which I really liked that they keep sprinkling in the... No, she's a 16-year-old girl. There there are consequences. Like <laughs>
0: She's got a bad record, in fact. People are afraid that she's... Uh, yeah. Was it just a bad gr- group of friends? Was it a misunderstanding? She's always been a good girl. We're here for a fresh start. Oh, wait a second. Are you about to fly off the deep end when she's really just out saving the world?
1: Yeah. it's. I really like that. It yeah. kind of grounded the show a little bit in whatever way you can ground this show.
0: That's a good point. It has no bearing on the plot. Yeah. At this point. It's you're grounded. Okay, I'm just gonna sneak out the window Absolutely. instead. That delayed me a few seconds.
1: Mm-hmm. But they all bitch about it later, the Scoobies do. So <laughs> yeah. um then we go to the bronze, Cordelia's awful, Jesse shows up and, you know, as a vampire gets to court Cordelia for a dance.
0: <laughs> Which she's into.
1: Yeah. She's he's le- he's less attitude.
0: sweaty now. When we saw him before, he was pretty sweaty. He was yeah. like, dude, have a mint and go to the bathroom and like throw some cool water on your face <laughs> and slow the sweat stream down for a second. Simmer down, hot sauce. And yeah. then he shows up. He's like, come dance. And she goes, no, not with yeah. Ah. And he says, shut up. And she goes, yeah. okay, just fine.
1: Right, yeah, it really plays into the girls just like men who are mean to women. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, this is, why <laughs> this is why we keep getting this written into shit. Stop right. it, guys. You're
0: putting this bad boy essence out. And now you're irresistible.
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, And then we get Darla and the other vampires parading to the Bronx, like bumpy face showing. They have the ability not to be bumpy face. Like, that's a transformation they can right. make. So this is, they're just... We're, we're here to fuck up the day. They come into the bronze.
0: show up lumpy Bronx. AF doing some vampirical shit. Yeah. Out the gate.
1: And uh, Luke has his really campy line. <laughs> There's no need to be panicked. Well, there there is a need to panic, but it just won't do you any good. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> you enjoyed that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's campy or because it's actually funny, though.
0: No, it was funny, and it yeah. was well-delivered, I thought, by him. Yeah. No need for alarm. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of need for alarm. <laughs> it just won't make a difference. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious.
1: Yeah, okay. I'm so, the big
0: bad, and I'm about to do some big bad stuff, and you
1: might as well enjoy it. See, I feel like if you enjoy that, you'd enjoy the show as a whole because they really lean into like the comedy of it all still. still. Yeah. yeah. yeah no, it doesn't take good. itself
0: too seriously. Like, exactly. It takes the plot seriously insofar as we're going to be fully committed to the plot mm-hmm. and we're going to get through it and yeah. and do the things we need to do. But, also, you know, we know what we are. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) slow motion fight occurs. She finally gets one up on uh, vessel Boy, which she's calling him (laughs) at this point. Really stupid. Uh, She throws, she's going to throw this metal thing at him. He goes, ha ha ha, you puny human. Don't you know that metal doesn't hurt me? And she says, sunrise. Throws it, breaks the glass. He turns Ah! <laughs> covers his face, which is about to be peeling away in the sunlight. Any second? And she says, in about nine hours, moron.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And it was just the street lamp outside. Yeah. And then she stakes him in the heart.
1: Absolutely. Good shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and I would say that in this closing scene, which we're going to be getting into in the next two categories, Um, where we end up is we establish here's our crew. Mm -hmm. Here's our crew. Uh, Cordelia is going to be kind of a foil, kind of a frenemy. I think she'll, you know, I think that character will grow. She'll be a consistent foil. But um, uh, so there's the other kids at the school that – kind of play that other role of those that aren't up on what's going on. uh, And that's going to be represented by Cordelia. uh, But the other characters where you got Willow, Xander, uh, Buffy, and Giles, you really end up on that, you know, the final beat is really with them. These are our... Heroes. Yeah, these are our heroes, exactly. Um, So what does that say about the pilot introducing to us the characters?
1: I think it does an effective job. I really I mean I feel like I have a real feel for all of them. I enjoy them all even the ones that, you know, you're supposed to hate. Right. <laughs> like even Cordelia, you kind of you kind of love her.
0: She's just kind of an ignoramus who's got a she's <laughs> got an easy word. life, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, and doesn't realize whatever anybody else's situation is, but actually, you know, it's not she's a mean girl now, but you don't get the sense that she's just going to be an awful bully throughout the show. She's just mean. Yeah. Uh and uh insensitive. Um gossipy. But yeah, absolutely. Like everybody who's in it, you mm-hmm. kinda like. They fleshed him out pretty well. They were pretty clear on those kind of roles people would play, you know, in their in their tropiness and in their uh unique individual ways. Um and I thought, you know, seeing that here's our crew, here's what we're gonna expect from now on was uh effectively laid out. Yeah. Uh which brings us to the overarching plot of the show to come uh, what do you got
1: um I mean they're living on a hellmouth so I mean Giles even specifically calls out hey it might not even be vampires we have something else coming our way always and you know we didn't completely stop the master even though he didn't come out tonight you know it kind of introduces he's
0: still gonna want to come out yeah
1: <laughs> the- I mean he's
0: been in limbo for three score years. <laughs>
1: Oh, you really enjoyed that line. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it really sets him in as this season's big bad, as they yeah. continue to call it. I
0: found him very uninteresting as a big bad.
1: Yeah. He's one of the least compelling... Like, I think it gets better as you go on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the season finale is called Prophecy Girl. And so it's like this nice tie-in. You know, she's she goes there on prom, and that's her final battle with him. So it's very symbolic. But, yeah, he just... There's not much gravitas to him. As, like you were saying, Luke is a bit more scary. Menacing, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, menacing. That's that's a great word for uh,
0: it. And the master is weak and feeble and kind of girly. I mean, he can't even
1: leave his lair. Yeah. Like, of course he's feeble.
0: I know, but you don't get the sense that other than, I mean, he looks a little bit like Voldemort till he starts talking, and it's like, mm, you're just a guy with lumpy head makeup on.
1: And a Kool-Aid mouth.
0: And a Kool-Aid mouth. Um, yes, Uh Giles puts puts it very concisely, mm-hmm. like right at the end, like yeah. typical old TV show. He says, Here's all the things you can expect. He says, We are the on the cusp of a oh, I'm in effect. Uh we're on the cusp of a mystical convergence with Earth's very existence hanging in the balance. Yeah. We're pretty casual about that too.
1: Yeah. Apocalypse becomes like something that you need to look into the plural. Like, is there a plural of apocalypse? Is that apocalypse? A couple I. <laughs> because, you know, the idea of an apocalypse is that it should only happen once. But I, there's got to be a, some sort of a head count for that because you have only seven seasons and at least eight apocalypses.
0: Apocalypse. That's it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Derived from o- octopi. Yeah, uh, similarly. Okay. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, they are the. Um, what were they in Sabrina? The octop- The octopus were.
1: Oh, the, I don't uh,
0: it, They were one of the Eldridge Terrors. They were. The, oh, that's right. The before. They were the ones that had been there forever, because sea life was the beginning. <laughs> anyway, so he says to at the end. He says, "Yeah, well, I mean, this week it was vampires. Might not always be vampires." So they're telling us. There's going to be a monster of the week uh, element to the show. It's going to be Mm -hmm. episodic with a lot of monster of the week and an underarching thread with the master um, teetering us toward Apocalypse. And um, yeah, what he said was this week it was vampires, some variation of this. So this week was vampires. Next week could be something quite different. Yeah. I thought it was so cheesy.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, yeah, I mean, the premise is vampires, but sometimes it won't be. Sometimes it'll be demons. Some episode, several seasons from now, will be about a robot.
1: (laughs) You've done some research. (laughs) You couldn't avoid
0: this show. It was like X-Files. Like, Like you would see the next week on the X-Files. Like, just from that, so many people were watching it, you kind of always had an idea of what was going on, even though you weren't following.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And that is all... Against the backdrop of a teen dramedy, um, she's talking about, I'm going to try to get uh, expelled from school for excessive not studying. Like, <laughs> it doesn't need to be a vampire thing. I want it to be regular kid stuff. Yeah, And absolutely. then Giles kind of rolls his eyes as he realizes his best friends ever are all 16. Yeah. Um, which, anyway, they laid it out right there for us in the end, so I I gotta say that they were pretty effective in establishing what the plot will be.
1: I agree, and I have to say, something I really like about it is even though there is a monster of the week, it feels like that's more the B story than the A story. Mm. Like, just as it was with the the, pilot.
0: And the A story feels like just the bonding
1: yeah the characters the bonding where they're going because I mean even you mentioned in this it was 23 minutes before we were introduced to our bad guys and I don't feel like that was on accident I feel like the meat of the show is this camaraderie between the Scoobies um, and they just happen to fight monsters each week like that's their purpose but that's not where the focus is, per se. That so we've got to give does.
0: these characters something to do. Mm-hmm. Got to give Absolutely. them something to do, but we're actually interested in writing for the characters. Exactly. That's interesting. I like that. It's That's kind of unique in its premise.
1: It really is. At the and time. And this is actually... The show's known really well for its dialogue. Um, to the point that, you know, there were... I, I would almost call them criticisms of Joss Whedon where it's like, yeah, Buffy's only so good because of your witty dialogue. Like, otherwise, it's not very good. And so he kind of rose to that challenge, and there's an episode that there is, the silence is kind of the monster of the week. There's something that takes away their voices, and it is one of the best episodes of the whole show, and there's no dialogue. It's so good. Oh, my God. It's called Hush.
0: Oh, so he basically said, "Hell with you guys." Yeah. The reason that the dialogue makes the show good is because the show is about the dialogue, it's and about I could take characters. it away and yeah. still make the show good.
1: Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm just very impressed with this body of work.
0: So, what left you hooked?
1: Um, honestly, it was the friend group, the camaraderie, the the Scoobies joining together, and you know, it's kind of a an interesting thing that other people get to know this secret. You know, it's. You know, traditionally, the role of the Slayer is a pretty secretive one. She, it's not like the Slayer and her friends, so this is, like, the first time in Slayer history that this has ever happened.
0: The Slayer's got a squad! She does! <laughs> <laughs> they successfully hooked you.
1: Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: I would say that it successfully hooked me also uh, for this main reason, which is that Sarah Michelle Geller is totally adorable. <laughs> like she's totally adorable, and um, and then overall, it's it's a cotton candy quality show with lots of silly one-liners and humor that makes it really easy to come back to. Yeah, and it's gonna make you happy that you dropped in. Uh, and this is probably a time in history. Well, it was a time in history where shows needed to compete. In their time slot against all the other shows and and be, you know, sturdy enough in that network's lineup that they would keep it again. So it it wasn't, you know, shows didn't focus on the binge, like they weren't bingeable. You couldn't binge them at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this seems like it set us up for let's make a show that's going to have staying power in syndication and staying power in that You can kind of drop into it, and regardless of whether or not you're caught up on what the characters' interpersonal dramas are, um, you're going to be able to catch on.
1: Yeah. And you're going to enjoy it. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. But that key factor being Sarah Michelle Gellar.
1: (laughs) That's fair. She's pretty great.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I would say it was successful on all fronts, and uh, if I didn't have anything else to do today, I could have easily let that keep playing.
1: Oh, that's so exciting. You've knocked yeah. Buffy without watching it for so many years now. I just was expecting you to hate it.
0: No, I that's just was all in fun. I mean, <laughs> I totally did. See, here's the thing. I think people don't realize when I'm making fun of something that they care about, the only th- reason I'm doing it is because I don't want people to find out what a Trekkie I am. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all been overcompensation. <laughs> like, I don't give a shit that everybody loves what they love, other than friends. That one doesn't make any sense to me. But, um, like, Buffy, like, to, to nerd out over, But like, am I one to talk? I nerd out over Star Trek for my whole life, right? And, That's uh, fair. Yeah, so whenever somebody gives me the opportunity, it's like, I'm going to make fun of your thing before you make fun of my thing. I think it's just yeah. nerd culture. Nerds aren't supportive of other nerds. They're always touchy that they're going to get in front of them. Yeah. So it's this my universe is better than your universe thing. But no, this one was fun to go hang out in. This universe was. Yeah. I don't super want to watch Angel.
1: It's fun Goes for hell with reasons, Jonathan. But...
0: What's his name? Jonathan David.
1: <laughs> David Boreanaz. Turnblatt. Yes. <laughs> no, Jonathan. Just David. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. Do you have any quote cards? Any quotes you didn't make it to?
0: Any that didn't make it. Yeah. Uh, I have some that I didn't put lines through. Let me see if I got around to them. Uh, I thought it was a little bit funny when Jesse said, in response to the dead kid falling out of the locker, like, you know, if you need a shoulder to cry on or just to nibble on. I thought that was kind of a weird thing.
1: He <laughs> right. Said. I didn't understand. Like,. Is shoulder nibbling a thing? Am I just so ticklish that like that's never something I've indulged in? Weird.
0: When he's, when, uh, when, what's her name? Starts with a C. Cordelia. Yeah, when Cordelia says, hey, I don't mean to interrupt your downward mobility. Yeah. When she's talking with the nerd group saying, hey, I, like, I offered you space with me and my cool group. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, But yeah, if you want to, if you want to spend your time being downwardly mobile, that's up to you. Yeah, uh, I had, which is just worth reviewing again when he says that the kid's outfit is dated and she says it's carbon dated. Yeah, that was a fun singer that a 16 ni- a year old really would not have come up with. And if she did, it would have been brilliant.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Um,
1: that almost felt like more of a Willow joke.
0: We d- I don't think we t- spent enough time talking about uh, Lily. What's her name in her life? <laughs> Will- Alice oh, Hannigan, Hannigan, where this yeah. is where we discovered her. She was such a little mm. kid. She was like 20. I did some math on her too. She was like, would have been like 22, 23 years old. Yeah. She was so young and has like, she just showed up with her personal brand being exactly what it is, which was the weird girl that was nerdy but kind of cool.
1: Yeah. Went on to go into band camp and was a weirdo there too.
0: Yeah. And (laughs) came out of that really, you know, sexually advanced. So that Which she brings was... us
1: to Lily Aldrin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she learned a couple things, that yep. Marshall. <laughs>
0: Still a nerd, but she's got it going on now. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's probably enough. We just needed to spend some special time on her because this is really where we discovered her, and she went on to have quite a long career. That yeah. You see quite a bit of her. And so She's got some iconic roles. Actually, mm-hmm. let's say that. Between Willow, uh, American Pie, and How I Met Your Mother, she's had... Three really iconic roles in her career.
1: Absolutely. She's never
0: been the main, she's never been the star. I haven't seen her be the star. I anything.
1: haven't either, but I'd be willing to look for something where she is. Like, I would totally watch that.
0: Well, I think maybe uh, after Netflix hears our podcast, they're going to realize that Allison Hannigan has never had a starring vehicle just of her own. Uh, and she will within two years.
1: Calling it? Calling it. <laughs> we should start placing bets. <laughs> <laughs>
0: probably be on Hulu because that's where How Much Your Mother is, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And Buffy.
0: And where Buffy is. Okay. So it'll be probably a Hulu show, but uh, I don't know what streaming platform it'll be, but within two years.
1: Supposedly, Buffy's moving to Disney Plus or is also available on Disney Plus. That yeah. makes sense, though. It's Hulu. They're yeah. kind of, their lines are blurry.
0: That's true. Parent company.
1: Yeah. So I have a couple of one-liners that I didn't make it to. Um, I really liked when when we meet Angel. I really enjoyed when Buffy says, gee, can you vague that up for me? Because <laughs> he's just, you know, not helpful.
0: Yeah, she calls everybody on their bullshit.
1: Absolutely. Even if it's not
0: bullshit and she just thinks it's bullshit and doesn't want to hear it, she makes it known. Love that about her.
1: Yeah. Cordelia, when um, Buffy almost stakes her, God, what is your childhood trauma? And then she tr- she later says, moments later, says, excuse me, I have to call everyone I've ever met now. Oh, I'm
0: so glad you made that. As you said, the childhood trauma, I thought, oh, we didn't talk about the, oh, excuse me, I have to call everybody I've ever met now.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, and then there was the, you know, when Buffy was asking for, oh, yeah, do you have any other bad news to add to our list, Giles? He's like, how about the end of the world? <laughs> it was like, ah, yes, our first apocalypse. <laughs> again,
0: very cavalier with this.
1: Yeah. And those, those are all my quotes.
0: Great. Gosh, I'm, I, I think I've seen that. It was a long time ago, but I, I have seen. Uh, I saw the movie and the pilot. I remember, a, like, the clubbing scene. Yeah. On the pool table. I guess I didn't realize, because I wasn't in high school at the time, I looked at these people like they were grown-ups.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Why wouldn't you?
0: Especially when they just leave high school whenever they want to.
1: Yeah, and go hang out in bars with boys. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what did she say? Is it? The mom says there's there going to be boys there at the club, and she says, no, it's a nun club. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, mom.
1: Duh, there the will be The kids go hang
0: out together. It's the whole point. But anyway, glad to have finally really uh, given it some attention as a grown-up, and to see what all the hubbub is about.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, I'm and, glad you did it. Yeah, and I did enjoy it. I guess I suspected that I would enjoy it. There's just certain things that you, if you missed it in its initial run, mm-hmm.
1: it's like ugh. charmed.
0: Yeah, it's like I'm probably, at this point, it probably just got past me. Yeah. So, you know, you enjoy it in the ways that you can. Like X-Files, I think about watching the mythology episodes Mm -hmm. and skipping the Monster of the Week episodes. And then you start watching it and you think, oh, maybe I should watch the Monster of the Week episodes. And you start when you think, nope, let me move on.
1: I got five episodes in. That's all I could do. It was way too episodic.
0: I know. You got to look at the mythology episodes. But... You know, you're not gonna that's do
1: that's not that. That's not what I do. I, know. <laughs> I either it's all or nothing, baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and, I haven't done it either,
1: and it has to happen sequentially. And I
0: haven't obviously. done it either, and then I realized after the after the revival of it, they just sort of it kind of sputtered out. I was like, well, you just kind of kept making the '90s show. Hmm. Hmm. Just had a hard time. Just didn't get old with the times. Like it didn't it didn't evolve to look like a and feel like a streaming show. <laughs> so it's I don't know. You know, I know what it's done in history of TV. Like, I know it plays a vital role in there. It's always worth discussion. We should review it someday, but um, I don't think I'll ever get around to it. Like, I just don't think I'll. There's just certain things that I can't imagine with all the new stuff and all the streaming sites. Like going back and watching all the older shows that I missed. I'd love to, but you know, old TV is just not like old cinema that it lasts forever.
1: Yeah, I mean, there are some that are really good. You and I were talking today about Darby Greg, and that was ah, that was so good. Yeah. I really think that we should be getting a reboot of that anytime now. Like that one feels relevant, um, and I just wanted more to that. I feel like Jenna
0: Elfman's still wonderful.
1: She is. She's still rocking it. She's still yeah. cute as hell. Totally.
0: <laughs> um, well, time to be getting out of here. Yeah. Uh, if you all would like to join the conversation, and by you all, I mean our several hundred millions of listeners all around the world and in Canada now, (laughs) (laughs) Um, go to pilotsthepodcast.com where you can catch our entire library at pilotsthepodcast.com. If you want to uh, join the conversation, which is actually what I was saying, I'm going to direct you to pilotsthepodcast at gmail.com. That's pilotsthepodcast at gmail.com.
1: That's excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Perfect. <laughs> uh,
0: well, I'm Riker,
1: and I'm Shri, and this is Pilots.